You know, of all the fathers I've seen escorting their daughters down the aisle, you are the handsomest of all. Now, I know that Amanda is going to be a beautiful bride, but no bride was ever more beautiful than you were at our wedding. For me, you were then and you always will be the most beautiful woman I have ever known in every way. Robert, just a reminder that the next edition of TV Confidential will premiere next week on this station at the usual time. Please join us as we welcome Stephanie Powers from Heart to Heart. Plus, we'll play part two of our conversation with legendary Hollywood talent manager Bud Burton Moss. In the meantime, while we are still in a dynasty frame of mind, we thought we'd close out this week's program with a clip from our July 2011 conversation with the co-creators, co-writers, and co-executive producers of Dynasty, Richard and Esther Shapiro. Richard and Esther's many other credits in television include such acclaimed made-for-TV movies and miniseries as Friendly Fire, East of Eden, Intimate Strangers, and Sarah T. Portrait of a Teenage Alcoholic. For a time, Esther Shapiro was vice president in charge of miniseries for ABC, where she oversaw the production of such top-rated miniseries as Masada, Pearl, Ike, the Winds of War, and Inside the Third Reich, while Richard Shapiro is the author of Tobacco Brown. Tobacco Brown, an epic novel about one man's search for meaning that is poignant, thought-provoking, and often hysterically funny. Richard and Esther joined me in the studio one afternoon back in the summer of 2011 for a conversation in which we discussed, among other things, the origins of Dynasty, their collaboration with Aaron Spelling, the casting of such stars as John Forsyth, Joan Collins, Diane Carroll, and Rock Hudson, some of the great cliffhangers in Dynasty history, and a whole lot more as we pick up the conversation. I want to ask you a general question about Aaron. How, how is he to work with in comparison to some of the other producers you've worked with? He was terrific to work with. He trusted us, uh, let us do pretty much what we wanted to do. Um, was brilliant at casting. Um, I think Linda Evans was his choice, wasn't she? Yes, she was. And uh, not only that, uh, he was he was a very good editor too. He never changed anything, but he would always he looked at everything. He mm-hmm. read the scripts. And uh, Doug Kramer, another executive producer yeah. partner of his, worked more on and who had a wonderful taste and great art collection. He worked a lot on it. But Aaron was great, and he was the only. Uh, company in town that actually gave us uh, an ownership position in the show. And they say the only thing positive in Hollywood is the negative. And he did that. Uh, and I, we were grateful for that. Yeah. You know, but he was a joy to work with. And, you know, lots of people say that in those, in that time that we had started, we kind of saved his company because he didn't know anything about soap operas or anything. He was doing those other kinds of shows. Yeah. And he, he, he actually said he learned from us, and he did a number of those afterwards. So it was a good trade-off. Well, you get um, – I, I have found not only uh, as I talk to people in the entertainment industry, but just any other business industry, you get your best results when you let the people who you hire do what you hired them for and stay out of the way. 
you keep an eye on on what's going on, mm-hmm. but you stay out of the way and let them do do their well, job. Particularly when the ratings are going up. Well, that's yeah, true. Good, and he, you know, he really. Uh, we got in there, and then I I helped run his whole company mm-hmm. and and executive produce a lot of other shows for him. And in fact, he really wanted me to become a part of that company, which I really didn't want to do forever because I wanted. We had other things we wanted to do, but I I would say it was a, a bit. 99% of it was a really excellent relationship. And he and his wife uh, set up a scholarship in my name at USC, which mm-hmm. was nice. I never forgot that. USC because what, their, their, well, their I kids went? went? I, I went. I thought, you went to, I thought you went to UCLA. No, no I went to UCLA. I okay. took some courses there, but I... You I, met at UCLA? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I went to USC. Let's see. want to go want to go back to um, a, a question we asked before about casting. Okay, there, there are certain... Actors that you had in mind for the original parts, John Forsythe being one, and Joan Collins for for Alexis. Now, you you, you mentioned Sophia Loren was being talked about as as Alexis. Now she was coming from film, which is much different than mm-hmm. not only episodic television but soap opera, which is a different genre for itself. Mm-hmm. But you managed to uh, attract actors from all all walks of the industry. Including legends such as uh, Barbara Stanwyck, uh, for for I don't I don't I don't recall whether she did Dynasty, but no, she, she did, did the, the spinoff. Colby's. She did the spinoff yeah. of uh-huh. Colby's, and then um, other actors such as Diane Carroll. I mean, uh, yeah. well, let me put it in, a, in okay. a cliched way: we we didn't we didn't have the very top actors working in film. Mm-hmm. These some of them had had their better days. Somebody might say there were has-beens and never will be's. Maybe that covers part of it, but you just look at a person and forget how long they've worked or where, they have, where they've where they been and just see what they have really to offer and mm-hmm. how they work with other actors. And there's a huge pool there, particularly with women that are older. We did a lot of older women, yeah. and uh, nobody was doing that. And they, we, they found that there was a huge audience for that. When I say older, I don't mean that old. I'm no, no, 35, 35 uh, you know, 40, and that, yeah, that glass 50, ceiling in Hollywood, yeah. yeah. And of course, Barbara Sandwick is a legend. Mm-hmm. She, had, she did the Colbys, of course, in the spinoff of Dynasty, but she and Charlton Heston, who were on that show, were never late one day. Yeah. And she had, uh, Barbara Sandwick is by nature 15 minutes early. The first time I was going to meet her, she was there 15 minutes before. Lombardi time. And I was, I was, trembling when I met her because yeah. to me she was just an icon and uh, it really kept all the other actors on, they would be through shooting at 4.30 yeah. no, that's unheard of but when you're working with two professionals like that uh, and here you have Charlton Heston whom I always regarded as you know God or something yeah. Moses and he'd say hi boss to me and to Richard <laughs> he was a wonderful man too Lee Majors, yes. uh, when he was on our program, he told the story about Barbara Stanwyck, and he said one of the first things he learned from her is never be late. No. And uh, and he, he had, like you, he said she did not tolerate anyone who was late, and that was that was something that he practiced, and he still does on on whatever film or TV show that he does. It's oh. just well, on our set, if a young actor came in late. Charlton Heston grabbed him by the back of his shirt and dragged him into a corner, yeah. and he never came in late again. No, yeah. he used to walk them up on the rafters. Said, "I'd like to talk to you." <laughs> and they never. Max Caulfield was one, and you know we always give some of them a twenty-minute early call, but some of them just 
by nature have to be late, you know. But they weren't on that show. Yeah, well, it's it's important, you know, because and if if you're if you're late, it it throws off the timing, especially if you're doing a location thing or where lighting is oh, yeah, um it, it's it's critical, and you only have a certain number of daylight hours. If you're late, it just throws off the production, and then you get delays, and it's just it just there's just a, a, a snowball effect. When you have a show like that, and after the first year or so, we always were six scripts ahead. Yeah. We would light the last episode, the last scene, and do the same lighting for the first scene of the next show, which saved us more time. You find lots of ways, and we were never, ever in deficit on that, on Dynasty, which is amazing. Now, Dynasty was a, it's a primetime soap opera, mm-hmm. so there, there, there are a lot of things in common with daytime serials, mm-hmm. but... Um, and, and I'm, I'm drawing on something that uh, you said in a previous interview uh, about your experience on Love of Life. Um, now, uh, Love of Life being daytime, like, uh, I believe it was Richard um, uh, who, who said this. What, what you found most challenging about that show is that there's no end. You just have, it's just plot, plot, plot. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Dynasty, I'm just, I'm just guessing here, when you would script out a 22-episode arc, you sort of had an idea of where um, the end was going to go from the beginning of the season to the end, or did you? Yeah, we would be, we would meet with the writers at the beginning of each season and and pretty well lay out the show. So we for had Mike season. and Bob Pollock as head writers, and they were they had worked extensively in daytime. The difference here is you really have to. Uh, push the accordion together because you're moving so much faster. Mm-hmm. You're not doing, when you do five hours a week on a day or five half hours a week on a, on a daytime show, you can play out the tiny little moments. But here you have to go from incidentation to incidentation. You have to have cliffhangers that are stronger mm-hmm. and they have to really uh, uh, get the audience to come back because that's the way the numbers go up, yeah. not so much just getting more people to watch and and to watch for a longer time, you know, for longer periods. But we were, I think we were uh, always on our time slot, except maybe one time in in all those years. We won our time slot every time. And then we were also up in the ratings much of the time. Yeah, we were number one one season, I think. Many seasons, yeah. Yeah. You're listening to an encore presentation of our July 2011 conversation with Richard and Esther Shapiro, the co-creators, co-writers, and co-executive producers of Dynasty. We'll play some more of our conversation with Richard and Esther in just a second. In the meantime, a reminder that John James... Jack Coleman and Gordon Thompson will be bringing their three-man dynasty reunion show, Cocktails with Carringtons, to the Burbank Marriott Hotel, 2500 North Hollywood Way in Burbank, California, on Friday, April 15th and Saturday, April 16th. They'll also be bringing Cocktails with Carringtons to the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel, 7000 Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood, California, on Easter Sunday, Sunday, April 17th as well as Easter Monday, Monday, April 18th. For tickets and information on these two events, as well as news and information on other upcoming venues, cocktailswiththecarringtons.com, cocktailswiththecarringtons.com. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Just about every good story is worth retelling. You know, provide, it, it, it all depends, I mean, on, on the execution, not only the writing, but the casting and just all the other elements that uh, are involved in putting production together. And, and I think it depends also on the, the climate of the times. Richard and I wanted to do an oil story 
way back a feature. Do you remember back in the 70s when we were living in England mm. and you wanted to do a, a story about the oil men? We wanted to do a kind of uh, Tales of the Arabian Nights mm-hmm. because everybody, all the oil riggers would live in Mallorca with their wives and they would go to work in... Uh, well, what, no, what would happen is they would divide up into teams. So this team would go across from Mallorca, across the, uh, the water, and and spend a week or two, and their wives would get involved with the other guys, and then these guys would come back, and there would be fights and battles, and then the next group would go over, and the same thing would happen we again. Gonna, yeah, we were going to do a feature set against the oil thing, and, and nobody could quite see it in those days. But when you think of the Arabian Nights, which really opened with the men going off to war, and the women were left, and as soon as the men had disappeared, they found the male servants, and they had orgies that were unbelievable. And, you know, that was kind of the, that. But m- mostly we were influenced by Robert Graves and I, Claudius, because that was uh, a show that I loved on, I don't know if you saw it. But uh, PBS, with Derek PBS, Jacoby, yes, right? with Derek Jacoby yeah. and, uh, and Sean Phillips, and it was kind of wonderful, and uh, it really... You know, we a lot of the Alexis character was built on on the the Queen, and because these people lived beyond rules, and they well they poisoned each other, you know, in rings, and they even the figs on the tree were poisoned because she knew her husband would go there to pluck it, and they would marry uh, a son off to the ugliest woman in the kingdom because she had the most money, and they never they never hesitated to take a little asp and put it on your chest so you would die, and that was the end of it. And that was kind of being kind of free in mm-hmm. a way and getting catharsis for the audience. Yeah. We never did that. But we did stay away from a certain kind of realism. I mean, in many ways, this was for us and for me, our Star Wars. It was our venture yeah. into re- uh, that. But we stayed away from cancer. I mean, people would get sick and they'd have accidents, but we didn't, or incest. We didn't want to tri- trivialize that or fantasize that. Um so the, the kinds of diseases they had would be falling off a horse or, you know, having amnesia, something that would be convenient. Well, I, I, again, I mean, you're, you're, you're staying within um, the, the trappings of the particular genre. I mean, you oh, can, yes. you can, there, are a lot, there are a lot of things you can do within soap opera that, uh, that, that cover the, all the, you know, arcs of drama and, and telling a good story. But while, while at the same time, I mean... Um, uh, providing an inner an hour of entertainment you know for the network at that that's time that's true and also remember that it is candy for the eyes uh the food was always gorgeous and plentiful mm-hmm. the clothing was extraordinary and and sometimes over the top but uh Saks fifth avenue and neiman marcus began selling hats again as a result of dynasty mm-hmm. and and jewelry became uh you know a diamond is a diamond is a diamond whether it's japan or china or italy or romania uh, they all are interested in that, and the look of the house, uh, which was, you know, uh, elegant, but I, I don't think it was necessarily uh, ostentatious. Yeah. It was not nouveau riche. There was old leather, and there were good pieces and a few good paintings, and it was comfortable. They had two staircases, but that was for, you know, good reason. But they, that was a big part of it, and remember that, that all that stuff cost probably one-fifth of a, of a car crash. Mm-hmm. And it feeds a different part of the audience, too, a different part of the audience itself. Exactly. Richard and Esther Shapiro, the co-creators, co-writers, and co-executive producers 
of Dynasty from Conversation that originally aired in July 2011 here on TV Confidential. Cocktails with the Carringtons, the three-man Dynasty reunion show starring John James, Jack Coleman, and Gordon Thompson will be coming to the Burbank Marriott Hotel in Burbank, California on Friday, April 15th and Saturday, April 16th, as well as the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel in Hollywood, California on Sunday, April 17th and Monday, April 18th. For details on these performances, as well as other upcoming performances of Cocktails with the Carringtons, go to cocktailswiththecarringtons.com or check out the Cocktails with the Carringtons page on Facebook. If you are a mental health professional or know someone who is, I want to tell you about a special three-day retreat coming up in May that is specifically designed for those who work in the mental health field. It is called the Immersion, a weekend of wellness, and it takes place in Malibu, California, Friday, May 6th through Sunday, May 8th, to bridge traditional methods or Western thought with such Eastern modalities as the mystical, the metaphysical, and the spiritual, the Immersion a Week in a Wellness Retreat offers mental health professionals a unique opportunity to heal their own minds and bodies while also integrating whatever ideas that they deem valuable into their existing mental health practice, all in a beautiful environment. For details and more information, email info at welltime.com, W-E-L-L-T-Y-M-E, info at welltime.com, or if you're on Instagram, you can follow Welltime, or you can follow Coda Life Goddess, C-O-T-A Life Goddess, on Instagram for details to come as well. Hi, this is Bo Bridges, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson, with enough time to tell you that the next Burton Moss Hollywood Golden Era Award will be awarded posthumously to Academy Award winner William Holden during the first week of May as part of the Gold Coast International Film Festival in Great Neck, New York. Actress Stephanie Powers will accept the award that night on William Holden's behalf. For reservations, more information, call 516-829-2570 or visit goldcoastarts.org. To learn more about Nikki Johnson, Houston, go to homelesstolawyer.com, homelesstolawyer.com to learn about Doors of Change, the work they do, how to donate to the organization or possibly bid on some of the one-of-a-kind music memorabilia while also transforming the lives of homeless youth. Go to doorsofchange.org, doorsofchange.org. Three Dog Night will perform a special concert of hope for homeless youth on Thursday, June 30th at the Moonlight Amphitheater in Vista, California. Proceeds for the evening will support the efforts of Doors of Change. For information on that event, doorsofchange.org. Finally, a reminder that Cocktails with the Carrington, starring John James, Jack Coleman, and Gordon Thompson, will be coming to the Burbank Mayor. Marriott Hotel in Burbank, California, Friday, April 15th, Saturday, April 16th, as well as the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel in Hollywood, California, Sunday, April 17th, Monday, April 18th. For tickets and information on these four performances, as well as information on other upcoming performances, cocktailswiththecarringtons.com, cocktailswiththecarringtons.com, or the Cocktails with the Carringtons page on Facebook. Ed Robertson, Matt Tony Figueroa, Donna Allen, Phil Grice, and Greg Airbar, thank you so much for listening. Stay healthy, stay safe. We'll talk to you next time on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at 
tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.